You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. This week, the UK has been setting some records, records they really didn't want to reach. Tropical temperatures, the heart of England, today hotter than the Caribbean and Western Sahara. At temperatures of over possibly 38 degrees here expected on Monday and Tuesday. And there's no AC anywhere, so I think people are really struggling. The country's Met Office, the equivalent of our Bureau of Meteorology, issued its first ever red extreme heat warning as the mercury rose up to and over the 40-degree mark. While we here in Australia often poke fun at our British friends who can't handle a bit of heat, dealing with that sort of weather in the UK is a very different story than it is here down under. Today, we're going to look into why a 40-degree day in London is so much more dangerous than one in an Aussie city, and how we may have to change the way cities are built entirely as long as climate change continues to escalate. On Monday, the Met Office in the UK issued a red extreme heat warning, the first one they'd called since introducing the heat warning system in 2021. For parts of England's northern, eastern and southeastern areas, modelling showed a 50% chance that the maximum top temperature on both that day and the next would reach in excess of 40 degrees. There were predictions that dozens of regions across the UK would also exceed the 2019 heat record of 38.7. The weather maps on the local TV stations were coloured a dark blood red as the heat waves stretched not just across the UK, but over large areas of Europe too. Then on Tuesday, their fears were realised as it hit 40.3 degrees in the English village of Coningsby in the East Midlands and over 40 at London's Heathrow Airport, the tarmac on the airstrip at Luton Airport melting, leaving planes grounded. It also reached in excess of the 2019 record in 29 other areas of England that day. Some schools opted to close for the duration, while public transport users were warned not to make any unnecessary trips, with the extreme heat impacting the train system, buckling rails and experiencing blackouts. Roads, which were originally concrete then covered over with asphalt, have cracked and shifted as the temperature of the concrete underlay made it rise and expand. Extra ambulance services and emergency call centre operators were placed on standby as hundreds of people called for help. The UK Chief Scientific Officer Isabel Oliver saying that last year, when the temperatures didn't reach anywhere near as high, they recorded over 1,600 excess deaths due to the heat. In London, they took 13,400 emergency calls on Monday and Tuesday alone, the equivalent of one every 13 seconds. Grass fires broke out all around London. In a village called Wennington, flames burnt through at least eight homes. The township of 300 people were evacuated. The fire, believed to have started in a compost bin through spontaneous combustion. I was scared. I was thinking it's going to get to us. And, I mean, it was very close. At one point I was numb. I didn't know what to think. I was just all over the place. And my first thing was get my kids out. 
That's Wennington resident Dina Cube speaking to Sky News. In total, more than 60 homes were reduced to rubble across the UK as London's Mayor Sadiq Khan said it was the busiest day for fire crews since the Second World War. Buildings that host both the Oracle and Google Cloud servers in the UK shut down due to the temperature spike, leaving users unable to access their data. But while we here in Australia, shivering through some of our coldest temperatures on record this winter, laugh and mock those who seemingly can't handle a bit of heat, there's a reason why it's much harder to handle in the Northern Hemisphere. In Australia, reaching temps in the 40s is much more common. In contrast, temperatures like the UK has experienced this week, according to the Met Office, happen once every 100 to 300 years. Because it's so rare, the infrastructure isn't built to withstand those temperatures. From roads to the train tracks to the airport tarmac and buildings, they're all built to handle extreme cold, but not extreme heat. Well, we are, as a global city, we suffer from what's called the urban heat island effect, which means it's hotter in London than other parts of the country, and it feels hotter as well. That's London Mayor Sadiq Khan speaking to Sky News. The British government has estimated that only around 5% of homes in the UK have any form of air conditioning, and that most of those are the portable versions, designed to only cool one room. Many businesses also don't have air conditioning, so while here in Australia if you don't have aircon, you can pop down the shops and get a little relief from the heat, there's nowhere to go to avoid it in much of the UK. Dr Ben Henley is a lecturer at Wollongong University, research fellow at Securing Antarctica's Environmental Future and domain editor at WISE Climate Change. Ben, what weather event is actually causing this extreme heat across Europe? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Claire. Um, This is an absolutely unprecedented event in human records in the UK and Europe. There's a weather event which is dragging heat up quite similarly I guess to the Australian situation but heat from the more tropical regions further south of the UK and Europe dragging that heat upwards further north into the UK and Europe and it's just extraordinary the level of temperatures that have been hit. Our colleagues at the University of Reading and over in the UK Met Office have some exceptionally long records back to 1772 for central England temperature And before the latest heatwave, the hottest daily average was 25.2. And they're now suggesting that the recent heatwave is going to be 28.1 as an average. And of course, those daily maximums everyone has seen have hit 40 degrees Celsius, which is just extraordinary for the UK. Now, you mentioned the Met Office. They released a statement saying it is virtually impossible for the UK to reach 40 degrees in an undisputed climate. Now, how much of this are we attributing to climate change? Well, the science around the attribution of climate change to heat extremes is really very clear. There are other things in the climate system which our models don't do quite as well and we are rapidly working on and the attribution isn't quite as clear to climate change, but heat extremes are crystal clear. It's a very mature area of science and For a couple of decades now, the people working directly in this area in heat attribution have been very sure that climate change is really exacerbating the kinds of extremes that we would otherwise see. So, yeah, sure, there's a distribution of ups and downs and warmer and cooler temperatures from year to year and day to day, but climate change is just 
exacerbating those extremes. Now, I need to ask this question because I've been seeing a lot of chatter from people who don't necessarily believe in climate change, despite the science. Is there any connection between this current heat wave in the UK and across Europe and activity that's happening on the sun at the moment? Apparently, there's some very big solar flares. Can we make any connection between the two? Uh, short answer is no. Scientists have been looking at all of these possible explanations for climate change for decades and decades. The warnings have been coming from the 80s through the 90s and every IPCC assessment and almost every scientific paper on climate has mentioned the challenge of climate change for many, many years. And scientists have been warning this is coming. We're now seeing it appear across the world. And of course, we see it in our own backyard very often, you know, with things like the Great Barrier Reef, bleaching events and heat extremes in Australia and so on. It's very clear that climate change is the driver of this event. Now, we have been told that cities like London and various other sort of smaller cities across the UK are particularly poorly built to handle extreme temperatures. Can you just explain what it is about cities like London where a 40-degree day is so much worse than, say, it would be in a capital city here in Australia? Yeah, so the experts that work in this area would tell you that it's around urban design. So there's the urban heat island effect, where basically a lot of surfaces are hard surfaces. They're, you know, paved and, you know, there's a lot of cobble, rock, there's a lot of concrete and the buildings are really old. They actually don't have many air conditioners. There's hardly a building in you know, Australia and particularly a city like Melbourne or Sydney that wouldn't have an air conditioner. But that's just not the case in many European cities in those cooler climates in the UK, for example. And so it's things like air conditioning and that urban heat island effect that really add to the temperature that's been sort of thrust upon it from further south. That heat can't escape at nighttime as easily and it gets absorbed through the day and then sort of radiated back out into the air for us humans to experience. And also you'd say that transport network really was never set up to handle these kind of heat. What can cities like London do in order to counteract that now? Is it a case of just making more green space? How do you do that in a concrete jungle? Yeah, it's a long-term transition. It's what we call climate adaptation and it's definitely no excuse for not mitigating against climate change because that's the number one thing we need to do. And certainly the UK has relatively ambitious plans on climate change, which is the kind of plan we need here in Australia and elsewhere to really rapidly reduce our emissions. But in light of the fact that climate change is already upon us, we also need to adapt. And that means changing the way our cities are affected by heat. So things like lots of green spaces, lots of water. <laughs> There's you know, various plans to paint roofs white and to shade windows. And the architects are all over this. So there's as many architectural solutions and city planning solutions, but they take time, they're expensive, but we have to get onto it because climate change is a reality and it's here with us right now. The heatwave that hit Europe in 2003 is believed to have contributed to the deaths of more than 70,000 mostly older people. In the UK alone, more than 2,000 people died as a result of extreme heat that summer. 
MSNBC Europe correspondent Claudio Lenanya says the death toll so far from this heat wave is unbelievable. The death toll reads like a war bulletin. 650 people died in Portugal, 60 people died in Spain, tens of thousands of people evacuated due to forest fires in France as well. Basically, our bodies are constantly making sure our core temperature is kept within a normal range of 37 degrees Celsius, regardless of whether it's 40 or minus 40 outside. Our hypothalamus, a part of our brain, works as a sort of thermostat, so when our body temperature increases, it sends messages to try and cool it down. The most common way our body deals with heat is to sweat, using evaporative cooling, But if your sweat function isn't that great, like it can be in the elderly, or your surface area is smaller, like in babies, or your ability to regulate fluids is harder, like those with a chronic illness, it can turn deadly. You could experience heat stroke, which directly damages the brain, kidneys and other organs as the body pulls blood from your core and sends it closer to the skin to cool it down. You could also die from a heart condition as it works harder to pump that blood to the extremities. You may also suffer a stroke or have difficulty breathing. If you don't have access to a way to cool down and your city isn't designed for you to find relief anywhere within its concrete walls, then you are in a very dangerous situation. While the temperatures have now started to cool back to the mid to high 20s in the UK, many are asking, is this going to start being the norm each summer? I think it's very likely that they'll experience high temperatures above 35 regularly into the future in summers. This is an absolutely extraordinary event. And if you look at the distribution of maximum temperatures for the summer period since 1908, the sort of typical maximum summer temperatures across that whole period are around the 20, 21 degrees. And then a really, really warm day is about 30. So when you're talking about 40 degrees Celsius, it is just so far outside of the normal realm of what's expected there. So I think it's a reality now for many parts of Europe, what we would usually consider cooler parts of the world, cooler cities are going to have to experience this from time to time, yes. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Tom Lyon. If you love the show, the best thing you can do is become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Mamma Mia subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos, and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. It only costs $5.75 a month, and there's a link in our show notes. If you're already a subscriber, thanks for the support.